Today we want to look at uh, in the theme of Jesus. Um, what stops us from seeing Jesus? What stops us from seeing Jesus? I like that song we tend to sing. Um, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. We sing those songs. But sometimes we need to ask ourselves, what stops us from uh, seeing Jesus? Before we get into the scriptures, I just want to pray. And uh, I want to pray specifically also for our sister Lilith, who is not being well. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you can bring us together as your children. Uh, we are weak and frail in many ways. We take it for granted that we will get up every morning and walk and eat and drink and do the things we do. We know life is fragile and uh, our strength only comes from you. Father, when you take your breath from us, we are but dust and ashes. Uh, we do pray for our strength. We do pray for faith in you, in all we do. We do pray for our dear sister Leah, who is in hospital and weak, that you strengthen her in spirit and physically as well. Thank you so much. Uh, we don't take it for granted when we stand and do the things we do. We do also pray for our city, Birmingham. Uh, as yesterday, we hear young men taking machetes to go into cinemas. Uh, protect us, Father. Protect every single individual. Indeed, if the peace of Christ were to reign, we would not hear stories like this. But we're in a world where this will continue until we face the Lord face to face. We do thank you. Be with us today. Help us to be able to ask ourselves, what stops us from seeing you daily in our lives? We thank you. We pray this time in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What stops us from seeing Jesus? And um, I would like us to go to John 20 to begin with. Um, to look at um, somebody who loved Jesus so much. And yet at a crucial moment, she didn't see Jesus. She didn't see Jesus. Early on, on the first day of the week, oh, by the way, the, as Naomi shared, the Holy Spirit is always working. Um, I've been reading the cross of Christ. The crucifixion and the resurrection. And um, my study this week was the seven statements Jesus made on the cross. And can use three of that in the communion. And I thought, how amazing. How amazing is that? But today, I want to look at the thing Jesus said after he rose. Not all of it, but one of it is here. Okay. Eli, on the first day of the week, while it was told that, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So here is Mary Magdalene, totally disturbed. And if you know a bit of background, we'll first see Mary Magdalene in the, in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus cast out seven demons out of her. Uh, according to tradition, she was a prostitute from Magdala. Magdala was such a sinful city that the Roman Empire had to destroy the city, according to history. Okay, and uh, but that was Mary Magdalene. The Bible says, because Jesus loved her, she 
she loved so much. She supported Jesus out of her possessions. Okay? Supporting the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus is dead. And this woman wakes up very early in the morning. The men were all sleeping, by the way. Because of love. Goes to the tomb. And, uh, of course, tell them Peter and the others run to the tomb. We'll cut all that. Let's go to verse 11. And, um... Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head, one at the foot. They asked a woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize what that it was Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Have I missed something? Okay. He asked a woman, Why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? That's Jesus talking. Mm-hmm. Thinking he was the gardener. I don't know why this is doing that, but I will get there. Thinking he was the gardener, she says, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She t- turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. How did she know it was Jesus now? She heard a voice, Mary. What a beautiful name. Mary. You know, what stops us from seeing Jesus? This woman had loved Jesus most of her life. He's dead. She's coming to the tomb. Actually, to probably apply some spices or whatever. Make sure Jesus' body is even taken care of. And yet, at a crucial moment, Jesus standing there, right there, Mary couldn't recognize Jesus. I don't know when it applies to you when people don't actually recognize you. Something happens. I probably shared a story here before. My first job was with Paribas. It's now called BNP. It used to be called Paribas Capital Markets Limited. And uh, I was told, so, yeah, I was told the dress code is three-piece suit. Okay, it's a merchant bank. It's my first job. I was doing accounting for equities, futures and options, swaps, all the, all the rest, derivatives. Yeah. And uh, I showed up in three-piece suit. I was meant to be there at 9 a.m., I was so excited, I didn't want to be late. I got there at 8 a.m. <laughs> and I remember entering this building, 33 Wigmore Street. It's still there. I think, I think I took my daughters. And you enter, and there's marble floors. And you look at the stairs going up, and you look up, and the chandeliers, and I thought, wow, that's my first job. <laughs> so I came with my three-piece suit, wins and knots and everything. <laughs> Proper dress code. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to the porters. 
so that I went to the porter's desk and I said, I'm here to see John Ellsby. John Raymond Ellsby was my first boss. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I'm meant to report at nine, but just to let you know, I'm registering at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'll be sitting somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, oh, no, 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 actually, you are meant to go to that room. So I went to that room. And there were a bunch of other guys there mm-hmm. t- taking desks and packing things away. Mm-hmm. And so he said, yeah, you are meant to. So I thought, okay, perhaps my first day I'm meant to be sticking desks away. So mm-hmm. I went and we packed all these desks away and <laughs> it was hard work. I was sweating. <laughs> and came, okay. came nine o'clock. I mean, here I am in my three-piece suit, <laughs> completely wet. And uh, so I came back to the desk and I said, well, I think we've done the first task. Can I see John Elsby? And uh, he phones John. And John comes down. He said, is that Roger? I said, yeah. I said, where have you been? I said, oh, actually, yeah. So I came back about 9.30. We finished that in about 9.30. So we thought we'd be here for 9 o'clock. So I came at 8 o'clock. So where have you been? I said, oh, I was asked to go and pack the, the desk. <laughs> so I went into that room packing desk and cleaning things away. <laughs> and John realized what has happened. Of course, I walked into the merchant bank as a black young man. And the guys immediately thought I'm the cleaner. <laughs> I didn't get it then. But I went and did a cleaning. So they apologized to me profusely and said, don't worry, we'll pay you for the day. Just go back home and rest. So I I had a good day. (laughs) So that was my first day at uh, Paribas. Okay. And I enjoyed my next three years, by the way, doing accounting for futures, equities and stuff like that. But that is life. People mistake you for... Yeah, they couldn't think that. <laughs> then four years passed forward, I went for another interview. I've left Paribas at this point, and uh, it was um, a Hong Kong-based company. It was a tour operating company. And, um, yeah, so I went for the interview, and I walked into the room, and the young man, the director said, we're expecting Roger Frimpong. I said, yeah, I'm Roger Frimpong. No, 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 he's Chinese. <laughs> I said, I'm not Chinese. I'm Roger Frimpong. He said, no, 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 we're expecting a Chinese. Go, 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 go. <laughs> so I took my bag and started walking out. And I think the lady director immediately re- Realized this is probably a legal issue going on here. Yeah. I said, no, no, Mr. Frimpong, come back in, please. <laughs> so I sat in the interview and I said, um, well, you invited me for the interview. I'm Roger Frimpong. That's, uh, what do you want to see? My passport. What do you want to see? <laughs> so they did the interview, tell me what they wanted. And again, the reason I applied for the job was they were looking for somebody with multi-currency accounting background. Pat Paribas, I dealt with 25 currencies. Okay. And uh, these people needed something. The accounting system, they couldn't cope. And I said, yeah, they are worldwide tour operators. They go take people. So they do transactions in sterling and dollars and French franc and 
German, George Marks, and that Florence and Spanish peseta, Italian lira. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We didn't have euros in those days. <laughs> we dealt with all this currency to South African rand. Okay? And you need to be able to account for these things in a good way. So basically, I wasn't going to get a job because I'm not Chinese. Wow. And I was walking out and a guy comes in and the guy said, is that Roger? I said, yeah, and what are you doing here? He's a guy who is installing their new accounting system. I used to work with this guy. So the system is installing the system I've used before. So the guy says, oh, I know Roger. He knows that system. So they hide me immediately. <laughs> but um, I'm not saying I'm Jesus. In the context, Jesus was there and Mary didn't see Jesus. There was something blocking her. You may know what blocked that porter. You may know what that blocked Chinese manager. But this woman's situation was she was grieving. Sorrow, misery. Something has gone wrong. And in our lives, we are going to face a lot of pain. We'll be ill. Okay. I remember the first time I was told about prostrate. I said, but I'm a young man. You can't say that. Where is God? You get ill and you start doubting God. Mary came to love and yet the body wasn't there. And we know the angels even ask her, woman, why are you crying? Jesus said the same. Why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? I'm here. Jesus said, I'm here. Whom are you looking for? But she's blinded by her pain. And I think sometimes we don't see Jesus because of the pain. Because of the pain. Whatever the pain may be in your life. You thought you had a business venture. It's going to go well. Then you get bankrupt. And you think, where was Jesus? <coughs> Your pain. You got into the church, you got married, and you think it's going to be glorious. And something happened. And you think, where is Jesus? You go on a date, and you think, wow, it's going to be this sister. I was sharing with my daughter, I used to go on a date with this sister I like. She always called me Robert on the date. <laughs> After the fourth date. <laughs> Actually, another sister challenges. So why do you call Roger Robert? Oh, is he not Robert? Okay. <laughs> that was a sign. That's right. <laughs> My daughter was laughing at me. But it was real. The sister always called me Robert. Even though I would say thank you cards to her, sign Roger. <laughs> I signed three thank you cards to her after third day. On the fourth day, she called me Robert. And I thought, okay, it's a sign from the Lord. <laughs> exactly. She was blinded by something else. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Okay. So things do stop us. From and the Lord gave me a wonderful wife. Amen. Amen. So God was protecting me from. <laughs> Your miseries can stop you from seeing Jesus. Let's look at the next one. Again, it's post-resurrection. I don't know why this is doing this, but we'll get there. In fact, do you have your Bibles on you? Turn to Luke chapter 24. Let's go into Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. And, um, So now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, verse 13, by the way. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Again, Jesus is walking with these guys. For some reason, they wouldn't recognize Jesus. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Are we, are we there? Yeah. Okay. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. <laughs> is somebody like coming to the pub and said, people are talking about Brexit. I said, what is Brexit? <laughs> I mean, people would think, what's wrong with you? Of course, we are foreigner. That may be the case. But certainly, if you claim to be an Englishman living in England, and you don't know about Brexit, then something seriously is wrong with you. And that's what these people were trying to say to Jesus. What is wrong with you? Okay. He said about Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped that he was going to be the one who will redeem Israel. Okay. So here, again, they didn't recognize Jesus, but do you see what was blocking them? They saw Jesus, a prophet, powerful in word and deed. He was coming to redeem Israel. I mean, he was coming to bring a military Band. He was not meant to die. The story goes on and said, oh, and by the way, some women went to the tomb and they couldn't find him either. <laughs> That's what they go on to say. But why couldn't they see Jesus? They thought we've lost him. Okay, we've lost him. Disappointment, disillusionment, frustration, discontent. That's why they couldn't see Jesus. And again, we come into Christianity and we think, you know what, everything is going to be hunky-dory. If we pray, the answer will be answered next second. (laughs) 
And we get disappointed when it doesn't happen. All our children will become believers. If you become a Christian parent, your children will be the first time you said something. How many parents could say that? And he said, I'm disappointed. Your husband will be the most sensitive, loving man. He will even read your thoughts before you said it. <laughs> wow. You see, and it's not like that. Now, Jesus is still alive. Amen. Amen. He rose from the dead. What a glorious thing. But let's not our disappointments or our false expectations stop us from seeing Jesus. That's what was happening with this young man or these two people traveling. Okay. The final bit. This was Psalm. Jesus speaking. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick in, or in prison and did not help you? said, when did we do that? We didn't know you were doing that. We didn't see you sick. Did we? No. We didn't see you hungry or thirsty. Jesus said, you know what? Whatever you do not do for one of these list of these, you do not do for me. He said, when we showed lack of love and lack of care, that's why we didn't see him. If we were caring and loving, we see Jesus. Wow. Christmas is coming. You are going to walk by a lot of people, probably homeless. Do you think you see Jesus in that person? By the way, if you are in this church and Christmas is coming and you think you are not going to have food, let us know. We care for each other. We should care for each other. Okay. A Christian shouldn't go without food on Christmas. Unless, of course, you decide to do so. Which I did once. I decided on Christmas Day I'm going fast and I got so rebuked by the brothers. It was (laughs) unbelievable. I was living with a brother called Rashid. And, um, Rashid was quite rich actually. I think. Who was, who who remember Rashid from here? Kay, did you remember Rashid? No. No. Where's Troy? Would you remember Rashid? From the north. Oh, so you were a baby, you remember Rashid? Yes. Rashid was an accountant who became an expert in gas and oil accounting. He was the top in Britain in this speciality. Rashid Rahim. And um, I think gave a lot of money to the church as well. But I got to a stage in his life where it was challenging. Okay. I don't think we, we knew dementia and Alzheimer's in those days. All of a sudden. But, yeah, he's a great man. And when we died, we realized actually he was a chess champion for UK. Nobody knew that in his youth. He used to be the chess champion for UK, Rashid Rahim. Wow, we never knew that. 
But Rashid, yeah, didn't have anywhere to go. So we decided to spend Christmas together, just me and Rashid. We spent the whole day doing accounts, balance sheet and... <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. <laughs> so, yeah, Rashid has some clients and he said, oh, these people are bugging me. I said, okay. So we spent whole Christmas day doing balance sheets and pre-annual account. And then we realized there is no food in the cupboard. Of course, there are no shops open on Christmas Day in those days, by the way. Now you can cut some corner shops. And we opened the thing, and it was tomato soup, in a thin tomato soup. It was the most glorious tomato soup. <laughs> so I was sharing this with some brothers the following day, and then it got to the leaders, and then I got rebuked. <laughs> Why didn't you ask for food? But um, lack of love. People will go hungry this Christmas, and we need to make sure we love them. There are some people who have nobody to speak to. I know when I was a volunteer for Samaritan, phone calls on on Christmas Day was lonely people in their homes. And some of them, I I think I always say the most painful phone calls I receive, it falls into categories, but one of it is older generation they are in bed and they're falling off the bed. And they can't get up. And it's cold. And they phone Samaritans wanting us to phone ambulance services for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they can't even get through anything. Wow. Things like that do happen to people. An old lady falling off her bed on the bare floor, cold. The heating is not working. But people are like that in our society. Now, and I tell you, Britain is quite wealthy. Outside of our boundaries, even more people are suffering. Mm. And what do we do about that? But Jesus said, you didn't see me because you didn't care for these people. Whatever you did not do for these people, you did not do for me. Okay. Those in hospital, are we going to visit them? Those in old people's so or certain facilities. Are we going to see them? Those in prison. Those who are hungry and thirsty. Homeless. Without clothes. Are we going to care for them? But these are the things that will stop us from seeing Jesus. The pain in our own life blocks us. The disappointment. The false expectations. And finally our own lack of love and lack of care. Stop us from seeing Jesus. Let's think about these things this week. Thank you very much.